Welcome to Good People, Cool Things, the podcast featuring conversations with entrepreneurs, writers, musicians, and other creatives. I'm your host, Joey Held, and today's guest is Erin from So Stratton. She's a photographer, jewelry maker, mentor, public speaker, influencer, even though she hates that term, all different kinds of great things going on. And we're going to be talking about every single one of them. So if you've got multiple projects and side hustles that you're working on, you'll definitely want to tune in. If you ever need good photography, which is just about everyone, you'll want to tune in. If you want to perfect your brand, your story, anything in between, there's lots of great stuff in here. And hopefully a few laughs along the way too, because we're both big old dorks. If you'd like to get in touch with the show, you can do so in a couple different ways. Joey at goodpeoplecoolthings.com is the email, and then GPCT podcast. A lot of letters, I know, but spells out good people, cool things, or it abbreviates good people, cool things. All on Facebook, Twitter, and a brand new Instagram at GPCT podcast. And you know what? If you're listening, give a follow on Instagram at GPCT podcast. And then shoot me a DM that you did it, and I'll enter you into a drawing to win something from the merch shop, which is something else you can check out, goodpeoplecoolthings.com slash shop. All kinds of great stuff from shirts, mugs, totes, hats, hoodies. You're going to look fabulous. You're going to feel fabulous. And maybe Aaron can take photos of you wearing all the gear because you'll look even more fabulous then. She is very good at what she does. But enough about all that. Let's hop into our conversation. What I've been doing that I think is a delightful sort of fun starting question is for you to give everyone your elevator pitch, but I also want to know what elevator we're on while you're giving this pitch of who you are. Oh, I think it would be like a Gatsby style elevator from back in the day with lots of gold and mirrors. And maybe a chandelier in the in the elevator. Ooh. Yeah, that's what I'd like to think. I like that. Very fancy. Yeah. Very fancy. Yeah. That's that's what I'd like to think. But honestly, we're probably just in like a regular elevator. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're you know what, we're doing the best that we can with what yeah, we've got. Absolutely. Um, yeah. So a little about me. Um, I am a Austin commercial and lifestyle photographer and also have a little side jewelry business and I kind of have my hands in a few things including some influencing kind of hate that word but I do work <laughs> with some brands and I actually really enjoy that wonderful do you remember the first picture you took where you looked at it and were just like yes this is good I'm into this Yes. Um, I actually found photography through volunteer work. Um, and I was with an organization called One Sight, and we help people all around the world get prescription glasses who can't afford it or don't have access to it. Like they'll go on into the Amazon. And I had the privilege of being selected to go on my first clinic to Southside Chicago with the public schools. Um, it was life changing. And I was selected to be the social media um, captain and storytelling captain. It was amazing. So I actually did not have a camera at the time. I was shooting with I think, a cell phone or iPad, but I was able to collect these stories from these children who were impacted. And I just 
looked back on all those photos and I just fell in love. I fell in love with photojournalism um, and, and the creativity of it. I mean, I went to school for fashion design. I've always loved being creative. And for some reason, I just never, you know, got into photography. So I think by doing the clinic, it was life-changing. And that's when I found and, and started like, oh, wow, like these are really good. If I don't say so myself. <laughs> and I, I like the storytelling element that you mentioned in that. And on your website, in fact, you call yourself a portrait and lifestyle storyteller. Why is that yeah. an important distinction to make? I, both from a you as a photographer perspective and then people as they're taking in these photos? I like to capture genuine moments and tell people a story. Um, And, you know, it did start from volunteer work. And it's something that's near and dear to my heart. I love people and I love learning about them. And I'm sure you've heard of Humans of New York. Mm -hmm. And he does the photos and he actually like has experts, experts of their story and he captures it so well and that's something I've always admired and I feel like everybody has a story to to tell including brands and I feel like I pride myself on capturing those stories and I enjoy it thoroughly that's a good distinction too that brands also do have stories to tell and yeah I I know you hate your your influencer term um, (laughs) but for better or worse that's a really big part of brand strategy and I would argue like Instagram as a whole too um, is, is kind of how those brands are getting out to an audience that maybe they couldn't reach on their own through people that have built these audiences and connected with their fans. Uh, and so Absolutely. as you have started working more with brands, have you found certain tips or strategies that you would recommend both for brands that want to work with influencers and then both for the individuals themselves that want to work with brands? From, well, from a photography standpoint or just, I, here's the deal. Know who you're working for or who you're working with and make sure it's in alignment with your views and your brand. I think, you know, in the beginning, just anyone who wanted to work with me, I was like, oh, you know, but I have to take a step back and does this align with my views? I've actually dropped brands and working with them because, you know, their, their belief system, <laughs> you know, they aren't inclusive. They refuse to put people of color up on their website. That's just not okay with me. And that's not anybody I want to be associated with. So I think doing the research and learning who you're working with and actually creating that rapport and network is so important on both ends. Agree. And I think it does take a little more initial upfront uh, work on really on everyone's part. And I know there's been times where I've had a brand reach out to me of like, hey, you want a sample? Like you want to work together? And I'm just looking at what they offer. And I'm like, why am I the one you're targeting for this? Like I have never indicated I'm I'm interested in I'm I'm trying to think of like what the weirdest thing I've gotten is, but like, you know, bracelets with specific charms on them or something like that. And right. That's just not my world. I'm not going to portray your your brand in a good light just because I don't know how to how to do it. That's not my area of expertise and it's always uh, a little I think telling. You can you can see who's done their homework 
when right. uh, when you get stuff like that. Absolutely. And I think it's, you know, one thing to say is it's okay to say no. It's okay to say no. Other stuff will come. And that's something like I'm very choosy about who I work with. Um, and if I don't feel like someone is a good fit, I will direct them to someone else who I think would be a better fit. That's a very good, I don't even know what the word would be, a very good uh, add-on, I guess, of that, of, hey, I don't, I can't personally help you, but I know someone who could. And fostering a relationship that way, I think, is something that a lot of people don't do. They'll just be like, no, I'm not interested in that, or sure, give me everything. Certain places come to me that are, you know, much more suited for somebody in a different niche than me. And like, here's their contact. And then they've ended up working with them. And it was something that was great for them, just not for me. It's all about community. Absolutely. And I also, your tip about don't being, or not being afraid to say no. I would say that's applicable for all of life. It's I don't know about you, but saying no is like very satisfying. And I uh, cherish the opportunities when I can do it, you know, pre, pre uh, where we're all kind of staying inside now. But when people were like, hey, you want to come out tonight? And I'm already in, in my lounging clothes and just put in uh, some dinner and, you know, I'm sitting down and ready to just laze out all day. And then they're like, hey, you want to come out? And that no is just... Uh, it's so satisfying. <laughs> yeah, I, I think that's definitely something I had struggled with for a while. Um, and then, of course, I have one of my best friends, Dre, um, Time of Dre. If y'all don't follow her, follow her. <laughs> um, you know, that's one thing that she always stressed to me just in hanging out is like, Aaron, like, it's okay for you to say no. <laughs> I'm like, I know, but, but. <laughs> And I think it's just been pounded in my head. And, and yeah, I think it's so satisfying being able to say no and pick and choose where you spend your time and energy. And I like to pour my energy and time into people who are encouraging and uplifting, you know, and have the same sense of community. For sure. And that's a very good distinction to make of putting your time and energy into the people that are not going to drag you down. I, even even subconsciously, like I, I would say that a, generally most people are not actively trying to tear you down, although maybe I just don't have enough haters yet. Um, maybe there's there's plenty of people out there that are secretly <laughs> doing it. But even sometimes just indirectly through their general attitude about things or just like, you know, they just demand a lot of attention or uh, very various reasons for why they're draining. Um, that's right. maybe not intentional, but especially now, like I think right. it's it's been so highlighted how how precious our time and energy is. Yes, and and how we spend our time. I mean, this pandemic has just really opened my eyes to a lot of things. And you know, I try not to take things for granted um, before all of this, but even more so now. It's like okay, I will never take for granted the ability to just get on a plane and go somewhere. I love travel photography. This whole year was supposed to be about travel photography for me. Um, so yeah, I think just not taking that, that time for granted. Okay, I want to get your opinion on this. Uh, okay. I don't know if you've seen this, but there are, for sure in Australia, I know there's some of this, and then there's some uh, Asian countries that are doing this, where it's basically a flight to nowhere, 
where you get on a plane, they take off, you fly around, and then you land back at the same airport. And this is supposed to be like an alternative to actually going somewhere for people that love to travel. I personally, I'm also a huge travel fan. I love traveling. Right. I think this is like the stupidest thing I've ever heard. Yeah, I, uh, yeah, I, you're, I, I so yeah, I'd love to get your take on Yeah, it. no, I, I think that's ridiculous. <laughs> I mean, I love going to a new place and exploring and immersing myself into the different cultures of the places that I go um, and really getting to know the people there. So for me, that's a big, you know. Yes, I... I'm glad to hear you say that. We might have had to just end this podcast right now if you were on board with it. But I, I don't think I've ever once said, oh, my favorite part of traveling is the actual being in the air. Oh, I think that's my uh, In favorite. a closed, cramped quarter. Yeah. That's my least favorite. Well, I think the takeoff is my least favorite and the landing. I don't know why. I always just get really tense. Yeah. I, I used to not. And I feel like in the past, probably the past decade or so, I still get like the slightest pang of of you know hey like what's this brief turbulence for a second is that something that's wrong and it's like no this is just what flying is like you should know it you've done it so many times yeah and I think it comes with age too and like the value of life for sure I don't know just knowing I whenever I was younger I thought I was invincible so oh absolutely and you can also kind of tell a little bit by the I guess the casualness of the pilot, if they come on and, you know, they're just like, Hey, we're going to have some turbulence. Look out and <laughs> like get back to yeah. your seat. Or if they're like, everyone, please get back to your seat now. Then it's like, Oh, it's going to get a little bumpier <laughs> than I care for. So it'll be fun. There was one time where the pilot, I think we were flying from somewhere to Austin and it was just crazy storms in Austin. So we're just kind of circling and uh, the captain comes on after maybe 30, 45 minutes of that and says, oh, another plane uh, was trying to land and was unsuccessful. And uh, so, like, we're going to circle around some more. And that just, like, got off the PA. And we're all kind of looking at each other like, what does unsuccessful mean? Like, did they fully... I uh, like hit something or was it just they started and were like nope and are now also circling around but I guess that was what it was because I never heard anything else about it and I feel like that would have made the news if there was anything more serious yeah. um, but just very nonchalant from the captain there. <laughs> no big deal guys <laughs> ah super piece of cake piece of cake now you mentioned that in addition to photography you have a jewelry side hustle which I as someone that has no less than eight projects going at once all the time. I very much appreciate this. How did you get into the jewelry game? And do you have a favorite piece that you offer? I do. Okay. So I did not want to make jewelry. That was never my thing. I never wanted to sell jewelry, but I had a friend teach me how to make these polymer clay earrings and it was so relaxing and I was able to be creative and I started making them as thank yous to all my clients. So whenever a client shows up to a photo shoot, I have like a little goodie bag for them. And I, if they're female, <laughs> give them the earrings. Um, my male clients, I have something else for them that I don't make. But I started doing that and people were like, oh my gosh, you made those? Do you sell these? Do you sell these? Oh, you can just have them. You can just have them. And I was just giving them out because I enjoyed making them. And then I was like, okay, like at least I have to pay for my supplies. 
And so when the pandemic hit, I mean, obviously I wasn't able to do photo sessions and everything kind of came to a halt. So I was just like, well, now's a good time to, you know, set up my Etsy shop. And, you know, I think it's just that entrepreneurial spirit that I've always had. It's like, okay, life's giving us lemons. How can we make lemonade? How can we still be productive? And, you know, what can we do to get some income coming in? So that's how it all started. And my favorite piece that I make is I made these moon phase earrings for fall. And I love them. I actually was wearing them today. And so far, people are really loving them. And it has all the phases, they're dangles, and they have all the phases of the moon. So they're pretty fun, pretty fun for this time of year. Yeah, that sounds very nice. And now I need to know, because mm-hmm. if for, for people that maybe have not seen your work, you're a fantastic yes. photographer. So if people want to work with you, that should be incentive enough. But also this goodie bag now, what else are people <laughs> getting if they're a client well, of yours? So, well, I'll, I'll go back. Let's, let's kind of rewind. Um, so goodie bags. So my love language is gifts. And I always love to just, ever since I was little, and my mother did this, like if someone came and stayed the night, she'd have just like little goodies on the bed for them. Just something that was, she thought of them and picked out special for them and like a little handwritten note. And all throughout like working in retail and stuff, I would handwrite notes and stuff to my clients. And I know when I get something that, that is special like that, someone took a time out, like think of me and, and write a little note, just how impactful that is. So I've carry that on into my business and so goodie bags I will make I have like fun little colored bags I make a pair of earrings I pick whatever it is or make a pair of earrings based on the personality and what I've learned about that person so if someone's like a minimalist or whatever you know I'm not going to give them big loud earrings like I would give Dre some colorful loud earrings you know she's a very colorful person Um, and so I'll do that and then I'm, I'm kind of a nerd. So I have like little erasers and little goodies, maybe like bubbles, just something fun and like lighthearted that I throw in there. Um, and I feel like that kind of makes people joyful when they get it. Um, and then for guys, it depends on the guy. I had a guy that I shot before and I gave him a little thing of like whiskey because um, that was his thing. <laughs> so I, it really, it's personalized by who I'm shooting. Um, but all the girls get earrings just because it's easy and it's fun. I really enjoy making making it. And everyone, I do a little handwritten thank you note and a discount off of their next service and my business card. Um, and they also get, and this is something I think that really sets me apart from different photographers, is I know that taking pictures can be uncomfortable for a lot of people. Not everyone is comfortable being in front of the camera. They're not, you know, they've never been on a professional photo session. They don't know how to pose. Um, and I pride myself on making my clients feel very comfortable and that way I'm able to capture them. But I send out a photo, a, a professional photo shoot prep guide to each of my clients before the session so that they feel prepared and I send a questionnaire. So if they have any questions, like there's, there's that communication um, and a lot of it too is like posing tips. I'm very hands-on with people that are uncomfortable um, and I like to talk about, okay, if we need to jam some music and get you pumped up, you know, because if someone feels awkward or uncomfortable while they're in a session, it's going to show in the photos. 
And I want people to feel their best self during a photo session. I think you you see that a lot in business photos where it's like the uncomfortable kind of like arms crossed. Like yeah. I I don't I don't really like this, but that's that's what they've told me to do. And I really like that prep guide and of course a follow-up question. Music-wise, have you found a mm-hmm. certain song or or style of music is kind of your turned into your go-to of hey, this gets people ready to go? Um Lizzo. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think that gets everybody going guys girls included um and I think it depends on the client too um you know like I'll be like what's your favorite music and what gets you pumped up um for me personally it's so difficult like I go off of of them and their personality because I listen to a lot of sad music that is not good for photo sessions <laughs> you know I'm not gonna rock out to my favorite artist Julian Baker or um you know I'm probably not gonna play Johnny Cash Dolly Parton I mean Maybe if we're in Marfa or something, but <laughs> yeah, maybe if you're going for a very, a very morose uh, photo shoot, then, <laughs> yeah. then it's fitting. I don't think anybody wants that. <laughs> <laughs> so on top of photography, on top of jewelry, you also offer a mentorship program. Yes, um, that's something I'm really excited about. So I. I started doing a mentorship program right before the pandemic hit and I had a mentee during that time. And the reason why I started a mentorship is because when I first started in photography, I knew nothing. I mean, I have the creative eye, but I really just, I was lost. I knew I loved going on these mission trips and taking photography and getting these stories, but I really didn't know how to market myself, what I was doing. I didn't know all of the manual settings on my camera like I should. And I started um, teaching photography or or assisting teaching photography with the Pavlov Foundation. And what we do is we teach um, children with cancer photography. We give them a DSLR and teach them how to use it so that they can kind of have an outlet from everything that they're going on, like that's going on in their life from chemo to everything else. Um, and I met someone through that program who just took me under her wing and mentored me. And it was probably one of the most valuable things I could have done for my business. And I just remember that. And then I actually paid for a mentorship also with another photographer and it was just so valuable. And I know like there's so many photographers in Austin. I know like sometimes it's hard for people to feel comfortable or feel like oh my gosh, well, how can I compete with these people? And I want to be the person that just encourages them. There's enough room for everybody. And if I can help them not make some of the mistakes I made in my business or tell them what's worked for me and give them that, you know, that platform and cater it to their needs, I know it's, it's really helpful to them. So that's how that starts. I do offer a mentorship and it's everything from how to market yourself as a photographer, finding your niche, to business, what like setting up yourself with programs, um, doing your LLC, and then shooting in manual, um, light, everything like that. Like, so it's hands-on. They assist me in sessions. We have like one-on-one coaching also. So it's, it's really awesome. And I just, I love it. I have a heart to, to serve other people. So it's fun for me. That's such a cool organization too, of, of teaching how to use a fancy camera as I uh, 
us non-photographers call DSLRs. <laughs> yes, my fancy camera. <laughs> There's a lot that goes into photography. A lot of people are like, oh, you know, it's point and shoot. Oh, God, no. There's so much more. <laughs> oh, no, yeah. If if you, I bought a DSLR off of Craigslist a few years ago, and I still feel very <laughs> unconfident using it. So maybe, maybe we need to get together, and you can teach me to be at least competent, if not the greatest of all time, somewhere in that range. <laughs> I can. I... <laughs> Absolutely. Wonderful, wonderful. Now, another thing, again, we're just going down the line of things that you have yeah. done. I Actually, no, I want to ask one other public or one other uh, photography question first, because I always like okay. to ask musicians about their worst gig that they've had. Mm. And so I would love to hear yours. You don't um, have to name any names or anything like that. But was there a photo shoot or experience or even just like one picture that you were just like, this is the worst? I'm trying to think of, okay, there, there's, I'll use this scenario. Um, I had, and I'll, it doesn't matter, I'll just say it, but I had a photo session with Tesla and I was so excited about this photo session. This was, you know, a big deal for me. I had just been published in Macy's and I was like, oh, I really want to keep this going. I show up to this event and I'm so prepared. I've got everything, extra SD cards, I have my flash. I go to put my flash on my camera and the little knob that turns to a, like to fasten it onto your camera is completely jammed. And when I say completely jammed, I'm not like a wimpy girl who can't open a bottle. Like it was jammed. I thought the guys who work there to try, they took pliers out and nothing would unjam it. So I couldn't use my flash. We're in fluorescent lighting in the Tesla store. And I'm just, I'm like, oh my God, like, how am I going to do this? So I think that panic mode, but I was actually pretty proud of myself at how I handled it. Um, I stepped outside, I called a photographer friend who I know lives pretty close by. And I just told her what was going on. And I said, you know, I was obviously freaking out. I didn't let them see me freak out. But I'm like, Oh, my God, it's Tesla. They're never going to want to work with me again. And God bless her. She was there within 15 minutes with her flash for me to use. So I think that was probably one of the worst, like, just situations where I was like, oh, my God, <laughs> like how embarrassing. Um, but I didn't want that to show to my clients that, you know, I was freaking out and I didn't have a backup flash. Um, but that was handled. And I think, you know, with photography, you'll get some clients who are a little more difficult than others or more particular. And I think with those situations, I've always just like, I want my customers and clients to be happy. So if they're not happy, like, you know, oh, I, I, maybe this edit or something. Okay. Well, let me, let me fix that for you. So I think, I think for the most part, all of my clients have been pretty amazing. So I'm lucky, knock on wood. <laughs> well, in a lot an influx of terrible clients. come. <laughs> no, God, no, don't put that voodoo on me. <laughs> but, um, a lot of my clients are return clients because I actually offer something that is really unique. And my husband came up with this. And since I've launched it, I've, a couple of my friends have started doing it, which is really cool to see. But I have a blogger and small business subscription package. 
which is phenomenal for these these businesses and influencers because they're guaranteed monthly content and monthly shooting with me and they get a discount for buying in bulk these sessions and so it's just peace of mind for them so you know a lot of them will have campaigns during the you know each month so they're able to knock it out with me and we can squeeze as many outfits in as possible and locations my subscription package members just get they get a lot more because um you know they have signed for either the three months six months 12 months and so there's definitely perks perks to that um so a lot of my clients are return clients i'm lucky that way (laughs) that's a very creative uh, addition there and i think a, a great reminder for no matter what your business is like always be thinking big picture and and thinking of ways that you can add extra value yeah absolutely i work with um amanda deer jewelry here in austin and i mean of course i just have loved her stuff forever and you know worked with her kind of on an influencing level before and now i'm doing photography for her monthly for her instagram and that's just been a dream. It's, you know, a dream brand of mine, uh, female owned, something I'm super passionate about. And, you know, it's, it's a blessing to be able to, to work with these small businesses here in Austin and, and offer them, you know, packages that suit their needs. Absolutely. And our, what has become now like an every episode reminder of support your local businesses, people. Yes. Hundred percent. I'm I'm so 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 passionate about that, and you know I do host some quarterly blogger meetups. Or well, I did before the pandemic, <laughs> um, and I just host you know a group of women or guys, whoever you know, like anyone is welcome to these, and I always get like my swag from local businesses because I want their name out there. I want us to be supporting them, and that's really just something that that's always been near and dear to me. I like the mom and pop. <laughs> yes, yes, so much, so much. And one other thing, we're getting back to your your fourth or fifth hustle here. I uh, is that you've you've spoken <laughs> at events around Austin, and I think, I mean, I'll I'll quote the old Jerry Seinfeld bit of mm-hmm. they pulled a bunch of people, and uh, public speaking was people's number one sphere, and death was their second, and so. If you're at the funeral, you'd rather be in the casket than doing the eulogy. And I think Ooh. that still rings true today, <laughs> which is uh, that people, not the biggest fans of public speaking, it's intimidating to get up on uh, a stage or on camera in front of a bunch of people. But now that we're in our sort of like Zoom, all Zoom all the time sort of mindset, I people are kind of getting that exposure whether they want to or not. And yeah, having spoken at conferences and events like this, do you have sort of like a go-to preparation that you do before a speech to, to calm those nerves a little bit? So there's a couple of things because I am definitely not a public speaker. I've been asked to speak and I do because it's things I'm passionate about. And I always find it's a lot easier to get up and talk to people about things that I know about and I'm passionate about. So if I'm well-versed, it's, it's easier, but I still like shake <laughs> um, when I get up in front of people. Uh, but I think the biggest thing that has helped that is having a support there with you at the event. So I know one of the events that I guest spoke at, 
I had my friend Genevieve come along and she was just such a calming spirit there. She's like, you're going to do great. You're going to do awesome. And I know like the mic messed up in the middle of, of me speaking in front of all these people and it threw me off. And I was, uh, 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 and I, I stumbled over my words a little bit, but you know what? At the end of the day, I'm human. This is me, you know, take it or leave it. If I'm up there and I'm a nerd, look, what you see is what you get. So I think just finding that confidence, like it's okay if it doesn't go perfect, just get up there, do the best that you can. If you slip up, it's okay. We're human. And having someone there that's a really good support of you. I know I have a great, great community of women and and men who support me and encourage me. So if I slip up, they'll be there to be like, ah, it's all right. You know, you did great. It's, it's okay. I think, I think it's important to surround yourself with those people and don't take yourself too seriously. You know, I mean, I know I've struggled with that. Like, oh my God, it's not perfect, not perfect. Look, I mean, we're not perfect, we're human. And sometimes I feel like overcoming your fear of something is just so empowering. And then you start doing it more and more, and it just becomes more natural to you. Yeah, we are all human. And <laughs> I, I like don't take yourself too seriously as well. There have been yeah. times where I have, and afterwards I'm like, what am I doing? This isn't so serious. It's all right. Right. Like, are you going to care about this in five years? Like, probably not. <laughs> probably not. You're right. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> and... Another thing I like doing on this podcast is asking a question you wish you were asked more frequently. And we've talked a little bit about your volunteer work, but it it sounds like, and correct me if I'm wrong, but it sounds like you have a nonprofit that you want to start. So give us the scoop. What's this all about? Okay. I have wanted to start a nonprofit for a really long time. We actually have the paperwork here at the house. Um, and it's just been something that's kind of been pushed back as I'm trying to plan and really just, I want to make sure 100% that's the direction I want to take with a nonprofit because I am going to start a nonprofit. So there were two ideas and one that, and maybe I do both. You know what? Maybe I do both. But the first one is, and, and this will probably be the one that comes first is I want to, so recover, there are people in recovery and people who have been incarcerated. And I feel like those people might not have the best interview skills and they're going to need headshots. They're also going to need to be able to explain to whatever person that is interviewing them, if they have something on their record or if, you know, there's alcohol charges, drug charges, whatever, and how to go about that uncomfortable conversation. So I wanna start a nonprofit where I have a closet and there's clothing to give to people, women who are in recovery and are just coming out of incarceration, uh, clothing for jobs and to go on interview and sit down with them and give them interview skills, do some mock interviewing and you know just some like role-playing in that sense and some tips and tricks, and then get them headshots for their LinkedIn. And that's something I'm really passionate about, and I have a heart for people in recovery. So that is the number one and probably be the first nonprofit that I have. And the second 
would be, I really want to start a summer camp for kids. Um, children who have either lost parents. I lost my mom when I was 11. So having that safe space at camp and just like where you can be a kid and, you know, do maybe some art therapy and have courses and just allow them to have a safe place. Um, or children whose parents are incarcerated or battling addiction. Those are the two nonprofits I'm going to start. Do you have names for both of them? So, no, I don't. I think there's, so there are a couple of things that have like run through my head. I had a best friend who just passed away during COVID. Um, and her name is, was Juliana. And she was just an angel. And so I maybe want to incorporate her name somehow. Or, or maybe just use mine like Aaron's, Aaron's Closet of Hope or something. I don't know. That sounds cheesy. I'm going to come up with a good one. So if anyone is listening and you think of a good name, let me know. Fantastic. We'll do a fun giveaway if someone comes up with the name that you end up using. Yes. Yes. I'll throw in a photo session. <laughs> I like it. I like it. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, I think both of those sound wonderful, and I look forward to seeing them enter the world by end of next year. Are we setting a goal right here for for timing? <laughs> well, I I know the camp won't be that soon, just because of property, um, and it's something you know, like my husband and I have looked at and stuff. So definitely not that, but I absolutely by the end of next year, a hundred percent want to do the headshot one and the closet for sure. Boom! We're getting the good people, cool things scoop. I always enjoy it. I'm getting my ice cream out after this because it's it's a scoop. That was a very it. poor segue into the top three, <laughs> uh, which we always wrap up every episode with and for you i think we'll keep it nice and simple your top three people that have inspired you Ooh, okay i love this question top three people who have inspired me one would be audrey hepburn and not only does her fashion you know inspire me but there's a she was she had such a serving heart and she loved to give back and her story too, like growing up and, and everything is just so impactful, but she has this quote and it's actually written upstairs in my art room. And it's, you know, you were given two hands, one to help yourself and one to help others. And that's something I try and live by. And so she's definitely inspired me. And then, okay, Jim Henson, bear with me here. I love everything Jim Henson ever did. And he would be at my table, you know, like, you know, if you could have anyone at a table, he would definitely be there. So creative. My first job, I was actually a marionette puppeteer. And I just, I love Jim Henson's creations. I'm a huge labyrinth lover. Um, And just everything. He was just, I would love to just sit down and pick his brain. He was just one of the most creative, inspiring people. And then, okay, third, this is tough. You know what? I'm going to say my mom because she was one of the most giving, hospitable, generous people. She would just give the shirt off her back to anyone. She was always there to lend an ear, a hand to somebody. 
and you know I just look up to her so much she was so creative and I hope that I can become you know half the woman she was those are my three fantastic list all around Erin thank you so much for coming on the podcast this was a delight we I feel like whatever people's focus or hustle or businesses they got some good tips uh, and hopefully got some good inspiration too I hope so thank you so much for having me this has been this has been fun of course and if people want to learn more about you if they want to hire you learn more about the mentorship uh, share name ideas with you where can I find you so stratton.com so so like sewing s-e-w and um instagram so stratton awesome well yes please go check out aaron's work so stratton instagram so stratton.com and of course we're gonna wrap up with a corny joke and why not make it photography themed (laughs) why was the photo arrested why because it was framed (laughs) Get after it today, people. <laughs>